Hi everyone, it's Bill Black, the Exit Coach from the Exit Coach Radio Show. You know, one of the biggest questions I get on the show is what exactly goes into a business exit plan and when should I start creating mine? Well, I always tell people that the best time to start was five years ago, but the next best time is now because you never know when you might need it. So we put together a free report that describes what an exit plan is and what you should know. You can get it free by texting exit plan with no spaces to 44222. That's exit plan to 44222. Again, text exit plan to 44222. Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Thank you very much for joining us today. It's always a pleasure to have you with us. Uh, as you know, we, we interview a wide variety of advisors, authors, and other experts here at Exit Coach Radio. And my next guest is uh, from Albuquerque, New Mexico. He is Terry White with SunWest Trust, Inc., also SunWest Escrow. And uh, we're going to talk about uh, SunWest Trust. They're a custodian for self-directed IRAs. So if you've wondered, you know, is there more that I can do with my IRA account out there, my 401k rollover? Is there something more I can do than put it in the bank or or, or put it into a mutual fund and, and hope and pray? We're going to find out about what some of those options might be. So, Terry, welcome. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks, Bill. I'm looking forward to it. Same here. Uh, so, Terry, before we get started, tell us a little bit about your background and, and SunWest Trust and, and what you do there. Well, Bill, that's a long story. We've been in business for 33 years, but uh, the, the short version is I uh, graduated from the University of New Mexico with a degree in accounting and um, had a real job for about four years, and then I left there and started uh, the escrow company. And then over the years, um, an escrow company, for those of you that don't know, is basically a mortgage servicing company, but for owner financing. So we service uh, accounts where owners have chosen to be the bank and just receive monthly payments on the sale of their real estate, as opposed to you know a lump sum like you know the majority of people do. Um, and then in 2004, we decided that we needed to expand our business, and we became a trust company. Um, and the only thing we do in the trust space is act as custodian for self-directed IRAs, like you said. Um, so that's an exciting uh, thing because a lot of people, majority of people, I probably would say, don't realize that they can invest their individual retirement accounts in something other than stocks, bonds, and mutual funds, CDs, that kind of thing. Which it, it, these days uh, is is a great opportunity to do some interesting things. And, of course, there are some uh, restrictions as to what you can do. Uh, you can't own your own real estate, right? There are some restrictions. Well, I'm sure we'll talk about those. But first of all, why why does pe- why do people come to you? Why do people choose a self-directed IRA? What what are they frustrated about or looking well, for? Well, um, you know that's probably as as varied as the people that come to us. But I kind of feel like the the main reason is is that they're tired of letting other people determine the yield that they're going to get on their investment. So what I mean by that is if I buy a share of stock in a national company, um, I'm at the complete mercy of the owner of, or, or of the CEO of that company and of the market on Wall Street to determine how much I'm going to make. 
And um, and it's also kind of an intangible thing. I mean, yeah, you could say I own a piece of Apple or Facebook or whatever, but but do you really, you know, you can't go over there and say I own that chair or I own that desk or whatever. Um, so right. having a self-directed IRA gives people the ability to, to like, really have a physical asset and know where it is and what it is. So uh, when people come and say, I want to put money into a self-directed IRA, do they usually have a pretty good idea what they want to do? Or is that something that, uh, I mean, what you guys don't really make the investment recommendations, you just tell them whether it's okay or not. And, and kind of, uh, like you said, you, you custody the the asset of the IRA account yeah. for them or take or their custodian how does that work well so so i would say you know i can't say in every case cuz we do have people that that like the idea of a self-directed IRA but they don't know what they want to invest in but i would say the majority of people that come to us already have in mind what they want to do um they want to buy a piece of real estate or they want to invest with a friend of theirs that's starting a new business um that kind of thing and I, I want to say right at the very beginning, I think it's important to note that self-directed IRAs are not for everyone, uh, mm-hmm. meaning, you know, if you're not familiar with investing and if you don't understand how the investment you're making is going to pay you a return, you probably shouldn't be doing it. And you should probably leave your money in the mutual funds or something where the the professionals can that know how to make returns on that particular investment. But if for those people that understand investing, it's a great opportunity to have greater control over what their retirement account is is invested in. Yeah, I've heard a lot of great uh, sat- people that are satisfied with what they've done, and and they're happy that they're not subject to, you know, the the whatever the manipulation of the stock market or the dis- dismal yields that are in bond accounts and others. Uh, so it gives them that those alternative um, types of classes to invest in. Do, do, would you say most people, or a large percentage of people, do tend to gravitate towards real estate in self-directed IRAs? Um, well, not really. You know, I'm just actually looking today at a list of kind of an overall list of the kinds of things uh, people invest in with us. And uh, closely held stock is a pretty large one. Um, you know, limited liability companies, meaning they've got a friend or they know someone who's starting a business and they want to get invested in that. I'm told, and I don't know, I don't know that it's true, but I'm told that part of the investment that helped start Facebook. Uh, was from individual retirement accounts. So, you know, just as a, uh, if you had known Mark Zuckerberg back how many ever years ago, you know, and he said, hey, Bill, I'm getting ready to start a this business, you know, I'm looking for investors, you could actually have taken part of your in- individual retirement account and invested it um, with him at the very beginning. And, and man, what kind of a, what kind of a return would that have been um, had you been one of those first people? Yeah, I need a time machine. I can go back and do all that stuff, right? <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, what 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 can let's say uh, we, we talked about? You know, there's some restrictions with regards to self-dealing types of assets like real estate that you live in or businesses that you own. Th- those are off limits. But what is, what else can people invest in in a self-directed IRA? Okay. Well, just real quick, um, the IRS does not tell you what you can invest in. What they do is they tell you what you cannot invest in. So as far as investment vehicles are concerned, 
they say you cannot invest in life insurance or collectibles. So other than those two things, every investment is available. The next thing they do is they say you can't do business with a person that's known as a disqualified party. And a disqualified party would be number one, you. So where you say you can't, your IRA can't own the real estate that you're living in, um, that's exactly correct. So you're a disqualified party. So your IRA can also not buy something from you. I get people calling every once in a while that say, hey, I, you know, I want to start a self-directed IRA and I want to sell this piece of real estate that I have to my IRA. Well, you can't do that because you're a disqualified party, so you cannot sell anything to your IRA. The other people that are disqualified is your family. And interestingly enough, the IRS defines family just as your ascendants or descendants. So in other words, your parents, grandparents, kids, grandkids, that kind of thing. They are disqualified parties as to your IRA. Interestingly, though, brothers, cousins, you know, they're not. Brothers, sisters, cousins are not disqualified. And then the other people that are disqualified are uh, service providers to your IRA. So there's not a lot of restrictions. Those are fairly simple. Um, And there are millions of investments out there that people could do that they wouldn't be crossing those lines. Um, It's interesting to me how many people want to try to figure out how to blur those lines. But, you know, my opinion is there's lots of things out there that you can invest in. Don't don't try to walk the thin line and and potentially violate that disqualified, uh, you know, disqualified party rule or something. Yeah. Uh, So, you know, one thing that's always puzzled me is that you know, with with IRA accounts, uh, rollover accounts, all that type of thing, you're required to start making a distribution. And in typical uh, IRA accounts, at age 70 and a half, you start getting um, a statement of value from the custodian at the beginning of the year to tell you what your minimum distribution has to be for that year, right? Correct. Okay, so that must be the type of work that you do. But then uh, if it's real estate, does that mean... Uh, you then have to go get appraisals on real estate on an annual basis. Does that is that one of the pitfalls, or, or tell us what what are some of the pitfalls of well, self-directed IRA? That is a that is a great question because I think people you know um, people run into that time of life. You know they make an investment at 68 years old, buy a piece of real estate, and then before you know it, you're 70 and a half, and you have to start taking money out. So. Um, our policy is at SunWest Trust is that we want we ask you every year for a third party evaluation of the value of your account. So mm-hmm. let's say you mm-hmm. own a piece of real estate right now and you're under seventy and a half. That third party evaluation can be as simple as print out the Zillow market value, you know, and send that to us. And that's what we'll hold it on the books as. But once you turn 70 and a half and you're going to have that taxable event, meaning you're going to have to take out a portion of that money, then we're going to require an appraisal. So if you still own the real estate in your IRA, then that that becomes a problem because it's difficult. First of all, you have to get an appraisal, um, you know, an actual appraisal from an appraisal, so from a certified appraiser. And then it's difficult to take out pieces of a house. So what I would encourage people to do is keep enough liquid assets in an individual retirement account somewhere to make Mm -hmm. those RMDs. And so just so they understand, 
when you turn 70 and a half, that doesn't mean you have to take everything out of the account. What happens is right. you look at the value of the account and you divide it by the remaining life expectancy of that person. And you, and the idea is is that you will take everything out and pay taxes on it before you pass away. Um, so that might be a relatively small number. You know, today I think I've heard somewhere that, uh, and I haven't looked at the universal life table in a while, but I think the life expectancy for a 70-year-old is like, for a male is like 86 years old. So you've got roughly 15 years to take that out. Um, so that doesn't mean you have to sell that piece of real estate now, as long as you have some liquid cash in another account somewhere that you can uh, take that RMD. Right. Yeah. Honey, we can't use that bathroom anymore. It belongs to the IRS now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'd be a great, great cartoon series. So um, it sounds very interesting. It sounds like uh, it's something that people should should learn more about. And um, you help people learn about that. Uh, both uh, you have a, a book and uh, other information at your website as well. So let's spend some time in the next uh, few minutes telling people about how they can learn more about this, uh, and and maybe start with who's a good candidate. Is there a minimum balance that it, it, where it starts to make sense? Let, let's let's hone in on that so our listeners can get a good okay. sense on whether they should find out more and how. Okay. Well, just real quick. I mean, uh, most people are probably aware that that you can contribute uh, fifty five thousand or fifty five hundred dollars a year. I wish fifty five thousand. You can contribute fifty five hundred dollars a year to an IRA, and if you're over 50, you can contribute 6500 Well, as a practical matter, that's not enough money probably to invest in a self-directed IRA. So what we see is people that had 401Ks at a previous employer or something rolling mm-hmm. those over into an IRA where they might have fifty, sixty, seventy thousand $70,000. $70, Our average account is over, a little bit over $100,000. Um, but what I would tell people to look at when trying to determine, you know, if they want to do a self-directed IRA is every self-directed IRA custodian charges a fee for the service of acting as custodian. So I would encourage your listeners to get on the Internet and and do some due diligence. Look at all the custodians out there. There's there's several out there and look at their different fee structures. They all charge a little a different fee and they charge their fees in different ways. So depending upon what you're thinking about investing in, um, one particular fee uh, method or one you know one method that the, uh, the way a custodian charges might be more beneficial for the type of investment you're looking at making. But uh-huh. stop and think about that fee as a percentage of the money that you have in your account because you're going to have to make enough return. You know, so if you have a let's say you have Let's just make it easy for the math for me. Let's say you have $5,000 in your account, and you're going to invest in something that's going to make you 20% return. Well, that sounds like a great return, 20%. But if you then look at it and say, okay, to have that $5,000 account at at XYZ uh, custodian, it's going to cost me $500 a year. Well, that's 10% right there. So that cuts your 20% return on the 5000 down to 10% right off the bat when you're considering you have to pay those fees. Does that make sense to you? I mean, as yeah. far as how you would look at that? Yeah, yeah, very much so. Uh, different strokes for different folks. If you if you have a different yeah. uh, uh, orientation towards your um, self-directed IRA with the assets you're going to invest in, you might find a, a better uh, arrangement at one custodian versus another. It makes perfect sense. 
And yeah. so a At lot of custodians. Well, I'm sorry, a lot of custodians. Um, so at SunWest, we we charge a flat fee of 275 a year, regardless of how many assets you have in your account or how big your account is. Um, other custodians might charge a fee per asset that you have in the account. They might charge a fee, a percentage fee, based on the value of your account. So just look at all those things and figure out what might they might charge you a fee uh, based on the number of transactions you do. Um, you know, so you just need to look, know what you're going to invest in, and then look and figure out which custodian's fee structure might work best for you. That's great advice. Um, now, tell us a little bit about your. You have a, a free uh, book available on your website. What What's that all about? Well, so I um, I've been in this business uh, specifically in the self-directed IRA business now for. I don't know, I actually started the first company that did this in 1995, so 24 years I've been in this business. And I, there were not very many books out there that talked specifically about self-directed IRAs, and some of them that did were on a pretty high level, so it was hard for people to understand. So basically my book is a layman's uh, analysis of how a self-directed IRA works and what you might use it to invest in. And we just use it kind of as a uh, glorified brochure. So if people are interested in that book, they can go to our website at sunwesttrust.com, and they can get an e-book version of that, or they can actually request that we send them the book. And we're happy to provide that to people because we feel like an educated investor is, is a much better investor for us and and for themselves because they're going to do they're going to do much better and and have a much better experience if they're educated and know what they can do and how to do it. Um, the other thing that we have available is I have over 250 videos on YouTube under the channel of SunWest IRA, and so they're all short five seven minute videos that talk about different aspects of uh, IRAs and investing in IRAs investing your IRA in, in various things. And so that's a great place for people to get started um, to even determine if a self-directed IRA is something they want to do. Great stuff, Terry. And, you know, uh, the statistics are pretty pretty heavy. There are 10,000 people in the U.S. turning age 65 every day for the next several years. So there's a lot of people reaching retirement age, and actually people can reach into their 401Ks in many cases uh, earlier than that. Uh, depending on their 401k rules, and a lot of people are nervous about the market being too high or bond yields being too low. They might be looking for those alternative asset classes. So, a great way to find out and learn more about it uh, by going to SunWestTrust.com and looking up. And the name of the book, uh, as I have it here, is uh, "When All You Have Is a Hammer: An Informational Guide to Self-Directed IRAs." So, Terry, thank you so much for joining me today. It was really interesting, and I I really appreciate uh, the knowledge you bring to our listeners. Absolutely, Bill. Thank you very much. I appreciate you having me. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 